I'm Kim. I'm Megs. Welcome to the At Woods End podcast. <laughs> We're recording. <laughs> Kittens can be real assholes. <laughs> Why are we here? What have I done? Who am I? Who am I? I only show. Oh right. my gosh! Ah, okay. <laughs> so great. <laughs> Elsa. I don't know, is that even a word? Welcome back to the Atwoods End podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Megs, and this is episode 28. You're not popular. <laughs> so so if you remember a few episodes ago when Maggie bashed the Harry Potter movies and we had probably the closest <laughs> thing we've ever had to a fight, her very unpopular opinion <laughs> led quite a few people to chime in with their sides of the argument and we thought that a whole episode on unpopular opinions might just be the perfect thing to stir the pot a little further. So I spent some time on Reddit, you know, we asked our followers, I need to like underline bold italicize that these are not our own unpopular opinions <laughs> yeah i was i was like we really need to clarify yes. that because there's some in here that like i feel like our opinions will make it clear these are not our unpopular yeah exactly opinions, but they are externally sourced <laughs> yes they have been i spent so much time looking through a lot of my followers yeah i look at you differently now because of <laughs> I don't even want I need to, say to ask some of them you in the after. Booth. Yeah, I need yeah. to ask you after whose were submitted and whose were from Reddit because I there's some in here that like I am questioning. <laughs> Who the hell are you? Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm really interested how this episode's gonna go because I feel like we're either going to completely be like in sync on things or we're just gonna butt heads the whole time but I'm really <laughs> excited regardless and yeah as usual like we don't know what the other person thinks because we're both just provided with the opinions that again are not our own so yeah let's get <laughs> to it just stress yeah. not our own <laughs> okay first one money can buy happiness hmm. okay I agree and disagree with this one I don't think money is the source of happiness or like the be all and end all I guess of happiness like I but at the same time like I think you're also lying if you say that some of the things that money buys doesn't largely contribute to your happiness like food and a roof over your head like things we mostly rely on money to acquire definitely make me happier but it's actually interesting because they did a study on this and I remember watching it was some TV show I was watching years ago that they did a study on like emotional well-being in relation to your income and it actually levels off at $75,000 a yes, year. Yes, I, I was going to mention that. Yeah, I saw yeah. yeah. So like if you make anything more than that, it actually doesn't make you happier because you should be able to meet all of your basic needs with that 75,000. Like obviously that was a few years ago, so like maybe it's closer to 80 now, but it doesn't it doesn't. You don't need all that money. So here's looking at you, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need I, all that money. That's literally the same way that it's yeah, I agree with it. You know, as soon as as soon as your bills are paid and you aren't in any kind of debt, what's up OSAP? It does free up a lot of room. And if you think about it as money is one of those, the number one thing that couples fight about, then logically, if you shorten the list by concluding that money indeed can buy a removal of something that makes you unhappy, does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, well, and I think if you have, if you have 
the money that will suffice your bills and your basic needs and that you're able to do the things that you want to do without worry and without feeling like you have to say no to things because you can't afford them then like to me that's the sweet spot of being wealthy like I don't think you need to be a billionaire extravagantly rich I think I feel like personally a hundred thousand a year would be like the the sweet spot of Kim, like don't say that because then potential employers are gonna be like oh i took a listen to your podcast and uh we're gonna cap you we're gonna keep you happy <laughs> we're gonna, yeah okay. <laughs> i think a hundred thousand dollars for anyone listening would make me moderately happy but there's definitely room to improve. <laughs> but no i get you that's there is that you know once you're good you're good and then if you can afford to go on a vacation pay for your groceries buy presents for your friends and family then like really you're done what you're happy yeah yeah (laughs) next one pop tastes better at room temperature (laughs) okay i know i'm gonna get a whole lot of heck for this but i agree (laughs) i want to drink my pop without a bubble burn of coldness and i specifically require when we buy pop for some of it to be put into our island so it just stays okay like our house is pretty cool it's not like warm like not like 20 degrees but probably yeah. like 15 degrees but yeah i prefer it not fucking freezing yeah yeah i okay would drink it room temperature like i'm not okay. i don't dispute that like it's not like i don't think it's not good if it's room temperature but i would disagree and say that it is better cold however i'll see this unpopular opinion and i'll raise you <laughs> that i think pop tastes better from the fountain when it's like slightly watered down like mcdonald's oh yeah theater, it's because it's syrup yeah yes yeah I, but you know what it's a different type of pop it's a different experience right like i love popcorn at home and i love movie theater popcorn but they're they're two different things you know like authentico pizza versus like freezer pizza fuck they're both good you can't like yes they're different they are not technically both pizza but (laughs) yes i agree and yeah if i'm there's nothing better than like mcdonald's fountain drink like dollar drink days in the summer like Mm. it's i'm ready for it yeah (laughs) okay next one there's no reason to make your bed every morning Oh my god, okay. I absolutely disagree with this. <laughs> I know like, I started my answer with there is every reason to make your oh bed. Oh my god, yeah. It is it is absolute blasphemy to me that someone would not make their bed and I have such a problem with unmade beds. The idea of just like, okay, getting into your bed at the end of the day and it hasn't been made, no thank you. It's like getting into the same bed as the night before. It needs to be like it, making your bed is like yeah, it's icky. It's like making your bed resets your bed i don't know how it works in my mind but it's a new bed like it's a it's a yeah or else why would people when they talk about like small little happinesses why would they talk about getting into fresh sheets imagine you left your bed in like crinkles every day then you literally never have that experience whereas like i so in the 1950s i read this the housewife's day you know because i was like all right what were you doing back then let me let me see where i compare i'm not a housewife but like let's see let's see if i can do both Mm -hmm. let's see if i can work and run a house here and one of the things that they would do is they would like turn up the beds too where like you shake everything and you aerate everything because there is scientific evidence that says like oh not making your bed actually exposes it to more oxygen which kills dust mites and i'm like fucking bullshit so is shaking it and making sure that it's clean so yeah yeah i just like 
I don't know. I can't imagine. It's the same. I feel very similar about the idea of staying in your pajamas all day. Oh, yuck, yeah. You, you know, when you're, like, really sick and you, like, just, like, want to stay in, like, your pajamas, but then it hits, like, four o'clock and you're, like, ew. No, you swap pajamas at that point. (laughs) That's the only time it's acceptable. Yeah, like, you're, like, oh, now I'm putting on, like, different, like, it's just, my nighttime. it's not for me to each their own, but, like, the making your bed thing, if you don't make your bed, I'm, like, judging you a little bit. Wait, do you get dressed when you're sick? Yeah, but into, like, comfy clothes. Okay. Okay, that's fair. I'll, like, I'll wear, like, like three different types of pajamas. But, yeah, it does feel gross. It feels like I've just... I, yeah. I also feel like I haven't, like, knock on wood, I haven't been, like, genuinely, like, oh, my God, I need to stay in bed sick. I say that. I had pneumonia, like, two years ago. But, like, <laughs> I, did, I didn't stay in bed. I worked. I worked every day through it. But, like... It's not I, a brag, Kim. <laughs> no, I know it's not. It's not. It's incredibly unhealthy, and you should take sick days. And I learned my lesson with that one, but... <laughs> I haven't had like a oh I'm staying in bed kind of sick day in a, since university I think so like maybe it's because you I, make your bed every morning <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the connecting yeah. it's the key it's the key to a long life making yeah plus like somebody I think I'm really big on discipline and I think making your bed there's a discipline to that and it makes your room look nicer and you've done at least one thing that day and I think from a psychological point of view that's why not make it happen yeah I just think the days that I don't make my bed and then I like come upstairs to get something and like I mean it very rarely happens but it's more like a sometimes I come downstairs and I'm like I'll go back to this and then it's like noon and I come upstairs and remember that I hadn't made my bed yet and I'm like ugh like (laughs) my my bedroom looks a mess yeah like I'm an animal I (laughs) okay um okay next one a long walk on the beach is not great no matter how many guys included in their dating profiles Okay, sorry. If I'm on a fucking beach, I'm so happy to be on the beach. And, like, maybe this is different for people who live with beaches close by. But for me, any beach on any day, walking, Mm -hmm. playing in the sand, building sand sculptures, playing in the water. Like, I'm... Yep. Fuck you. I I agree. Like, I absolutely disagree with this statement. I love a long walk on the beach, but I also love being by the ocean so i can see how maybe someone who like objectively dislikes the beach would not like long walks on the beach but i'm here for them which leads me to my next point if there are any men out there that would like to go for a long walk on the beach you can reach out to us via instagram at atwitson podcast okay this is going in a different direction than you're taking it please reach out for kim but also have you heard of um thalassophobia no what's that so it's the fear of of like persistent and and intense deep bodies of water such as the ocean or the sea and lately i've been watching like the algorithms on tiktok i've been watching like this is thalassophobia and then it plays that song from pirates of the caribbean raise the colors high yeah that one and then i just like see all these scary things from the water i'm like (laughs) but i love the ocean yeah i was gonna say like i think you can love the ocean and not love like i remember when i was a kid like our lake at our cottage has it's i'd say consistently the lake is like 30 to 45 feet deep everywhere but then there's this one crack on like the back end of the lake that drops to like 150 feet 
Mm-hmm. And when we were kids and we'd go like tubing and stuff, I had such a fear of falling off on that end of the lake because I didn't know exactly where the crack was and the idea of falling and being like above the crack. Uh, okay, stop, stop, yeah. stop. <laughs> uh, yeah, it freaked me out. And like, uh, so I understand that fear. I still love the beach and like being at the beach and like the sound of ocean waves. Like, yeah, I it's feel beautiful. like you can separate the two. Yeah. Okay, next yeah. one milk is disgusting and actually this is like a sub there's i mixed a few of them together so like uh semicolon oat milk is far superior to regular milk okay like i'm not a huge milk drinker outside of like a little bit in my tea which in that case like nothing compares to like dairy milk in tea i've tried everything and like nothing's the same as like a cup of tea with milk in it yeah i disagree that it's disgusting however i do i have always thought it's bizarre that humans are like the only animals that go out of their way to consume another animal's milk why that's brilliant that's brilliant that's evolution that is true i just find it like it just from like a just general like isn't that weird like i still don't think it's gross it's more just like isn't that a like i feel like when you look at how many people are like lactose intolerant and like have dairy issues you wonder if like maybe it's because we're not really supposed to be no way okay lactose i feel like lactose intolerance has only been something i need to look this up exactly but same thing with like peanut allergies those are all things that have been kind of introduced and that's more because of how they process milk and the crap that Mm. they're putting into milk that we have not necessarily like i think if you're living in like a rural area i was reading about this island that you know no one's allowed to go there because they're they just kill whoever goes near the island and it's still what's it called like closed off they have their own society and yeah and nobody like they don't have uh, they've got their sticks like yeah exactly yeah. right and so i'm sure that if they have i don't know if they have cattle or how that works but if they had cows and they were breeding those cows and using that milk i feel like maybe the lactose intolerance wouldn't come up as much but yeah milk is fucking heaven so <laughs> yep <laughs> give me all of the milk and i drink milk as like a drink like if i'm having a meal you know, my husband will have a beer and I'm like, I'll have a tall glass of white. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. See, like I, I, I'm not opposed to that. Like I will v- not very That's often, so but refreshing. very rarely I will have a glass of milk. I have no qualms with in- enjoying a glass of milk. I just do think that like milk is like a little, it is a little strange. Sure. That we've, sure. Like, I'll give you that. I'll this. give you that. Yes. But like I, yeah. And, and truthfully, like with tea, no, there's nothing there's nothing else almond milk is weird oat milk tastes like nutty and too sweet like there's <laughs> it's only it's only dairy milk that's fair next one y'all is a brilliant use of the english language yes yes why not well, it's cool i'm i'm sad that some of the other like conjugated two words aren't more popular like twas yeah this was you know yeah i I like it why not i feel like my thing is like it's not it's It's not not a word that's like in my vocabulary but i don't judge its usage like i think to me it's just so deeply associated with the southern u.s that it's almost like in my brain it's like a regional dialect sure yeah it's like there's british slang that i don't dislike but i wouldn't use it personally because it would just feel very like weird and not and not like it my like you adopt language based on your community and like your culture and that's how you get those like regional slang pieces and like obviously y'all is a lot more broad than say like 
slang that's being used in Toronto right now and like yeah, you Toronto know mans. but like yeah. yeah but I just do feel that like me saying y'all on a regular basis is like very unfitting for my accent and geographic location yeah like I wouldn't so. say brilliant <laughs> I think there are yeah. other uses of the language that are brilliant but I don't hate it so I'm kind yeah. of team in the middle of that one I guess okay this yeah. next one I can't believe this are you ready no. Running pizza underwater to cool it down Ew. is acceptable. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. No. If this, okay, if this, for starters, if this was submitted by a listener, I need to have words and I need you to explain yourself because, like, why would you ever do this? Who likes soggy pizza? Cold pizza? Yes, absolutely. Wet pizza? You're deranged. I'm sorry. Like, how long does pizza stay hot for? It's not like you have a fucking cast iron of a pizza that literally takes hours to cool. Just be patient, you idiot. Like, huh? Like, why is water your solution? There's so many other blow on it. Like, put it in the fridge, you know? If there's even Stick just it outside. more than one person who does this, and and this, bleh, yeah. No, that's thanks. disgusting. Ew, it's just wet bread. That is gross. <laughs> wet cheese You're gross. icky. I'm sorry. Yeah. I am. This this is maybe my limit in like not passing judgment. On <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from whatever that was, <laughs> saying that you should love your body the way it is is posturing. Okay, this one's kind of touchy. I think there's. Uh, I want to say that. I kind of agree, but there is, like, the super fine line between using that saying to, like, not commit to a healthy lifestyle, but on the other, it can also create, you know, disordered eating and dysmorphia, you know, or having you really negating the fact that your body is wonderful and you, you should be taking care of it, and yeah, part of that is not eating whatever you want and just eating trash and not exercising and not sleeping properly, so... Yeah, I think that I think it's a bit of bold to say like, oh, love your body because love your body by ensuring that you're doing things. It shouldn't be just like a love your body, period. It yeah, should I think be it's comma. like show love, show love for your body. Oh, I like that. You need to like embrace every ass similar to what you said like I think there's so much value in learning to be kinder to our bodies and like embrace differences and also embrace the fact that like you everyone looks different like we could all eat the same diet and do the same workouts and we would all look totally different exactly and that is just the human body and like we should absolutely be embracing that there is like such a diverse range of beauty norms and like a range of like what can be considered beautiful instead of just this like same very like nonsense yeah stick thin you know like everyone narrow what is like provided as a beauty standard that I think that that's not fair and like I do think a lot of companies leap onto body positivity from a very like capitalistic oh of course toxic way yeah. and I don't love that and I think it's also very much true that if you don't love something about your body and it's something that you're able to change then it's okay to want to change it and to yeah you like know, your girl wants longer like, I eyelashes I don't see anything wrong with that I would yeah, if yeah, I could or just like re-roll change them. your hair color. Like, yeah. get, you can get into better shape, but I also think that there's an element of like accepting that 
the standard that we're presented with is a very narrow spectrum of what the world looks like and we have been like taught to believe that that's what's beautiful and that is just like simply not true yeah do you think that's getting better at all like do you think in in your own lifetime in our lifetime you've seen that kind of progress because i want to say that it has like we are getting kind of better not always on topic better but like slightly improving a bit i think we want i think we want to okay i feel like a lot of that's a good way to put it there is definitely much more consciousness around being more accepting of different body norms but i think at the same time we're not there yeah for sure okay next one (laughs) there's nothing wrong with ghosting someone from a dating app Oh, I have opinions on this one. Okay, I think, I think first and foremost, context is important. Because, like, if you're chit-chatting with someone and not feeling it and you kind of let the convo just, like, fizzle out, in that scenario, it's totally fine. You don't owe this person a, like, I'm not feeling this conversation anymore. Like, that's honestly more weird than just, like, letting it fizzle out, in my opinion. However, if someone works up the courage to ask you out or even more so if you like go out with them and then they follow up afterwards and they're like wanting to keep chatting or see you again or like just continuing to show interest, you absolutely owe them the respect and honesty to say that you're not feeling it anymore and that you're not interested. And if you act like ghosting someone is giving them any sense of closure, it's just so self-serving and cowardly. You're, you're, I think you're lying to yourself a bit if you think that that's actually, like, the respectful thing to do. Right. And I don't know. I just think it's so, it's so lame. Like, you're so (laughs) immature. And, like, truthfully, truthfully, this is my opinion. If you don't know how to date without ghosting someone, you're not mature enough to be dating. You should probably do some self-reflection. Oh, that's good. I like that. On that. Yeah. And the only scenario where I would say it's appropriate to ghost someone is if you feel unsafe. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I So I said if you meet them in real life, yeah, you kind of owe an explanation. But, like, it's a fucking app. And if you're texting someone for a couple of weeks and they stop answering, whatever. Move on. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it feels, it feels almost, like, less legit on an app until you've made that actual connection and you've actually yeah, for sure. met someone. So, yeah, yeah. that's my... It, yeah, I, I agree Me, who's never that, been on a dating app. <laughs> Thank the fucking Lord. But, no, yeah. I think for sure if you meet someone in person, like I've also met people in person and then we you never we never contact each other again and I feel like that's a very mutual thing. But if I had gone out with someone and reached out to them after that date and they just didn't answer me, I think that's rude and vice versa. If I went out on a date with someone and was like, "No, it wasn't for me," but then they reached out to me, I would feel rude not messaging them back and just being like hey it was really great meeting you like it's not there for me like it takes two seconds it's so easy to do and you don't have to do it face to face or even over the phone so i don't understand why it's so scary to people i feel like this is a great route for our next like follower input episode we want to hear your your cringy and your painful and your hilarious dating app story fails because i think that would be that would just be the juiciness that that I need for springtime. So we'll we'll have to <laughs> we'll have to in input it into the schedule at some point. But yeah. <laughs> Next one, free education is not needed. Instead, it should be illegal for most jobs to require a degree. Uh, okay, so I think that the jobs and the degree thing, yes, you know I can do so much that I don't have a degree for. And what the fucking kid that went to every other lecture 
high as all hell and graduated with a C average can do it better when I have transferable skills. Like, no, but I love learning and I would literally go back to do my PhD in a heartbeat if I was more financially stable at this point because you make literally no money one year completing a graduate degree. So I think free education is needed and yes, it should be illegal for jobs for most jobs like obviously not your orthodontist just being you know used to be a construction worker but yeah i was gonna say the keyword here is definitely most because i definitely don't want a doctor who hasn't been to school but (laughs) apparently that's not good enough for some people though anyways oh my god but like i yeah i both agree and disagree because i think i feel like like you said those are two separate sentences i think education should be free and i think that we'd have a lot more like wonderful opinions in the world if everyone received an equal opportunity to learn However, I do also largely agree that most jobs shouldn't require a degree because similarly, I think there would be a lot more people wonderful at their jobs if they weren't barricaded from applying because of their lack of access to education that isn't entirely necessary to do the job. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Next. Caller ID should be absolutely mandatory. Honestly, like I've never considered that people had a heated opinion on caller ID before. <laughs> well, okay, I can I can read you the rest of of that point. Was that if you have my number and you are calling me, I should have a right to know who it is who's calling. Like I'm thinking that this is for those people that can like block their IDs or the people that you know can somehow hide behind something else. Where it's like, no, if you if you think you can access my private line, you it should be mandatory for me to know who's calling me. I mean, yeah, I guess like, I don't know, genuinely, like I'm kind of whatever about this one because like I definitely am more inclined to answer when I know who it is. But truthfully, I still answer most calls, even if there's no caller ID. And I also, yeah. especially in the years of like now where like so many of us work from home and stuff, I have so many friends that are teachers and HR specialists and people that have to hide their numbers because they're using their personal cell phone now to contact people yeah, like yeah, I parents the same thing. And, and stuff and like I'm not gonna like it's just the reality that sometimes you have people in your contact list that need to mask their ID because of they, legitimate reasons yeah. yeah like they have reason to do so and I'm not gonna not answer my phone just because I don't know who's calling like I feel this goes back to people's fears of answering yeah calls and yeah. just like just answer the phone and know? I mean like also too for people who can't like disclose your their location I mean an area code I see a certain area code I'm like okay why is somebody calling me from Ottawa and that but that's but I yeah so I don't I don't think it needs to be mandatory I mean Mm-mm. it's nice but I think there are instances where yeah it makes sense not to Mm -hmm. next one the office isn't that great of a tv show (sighs) okay it's funny as all heck but the first season was fucking brutal and i watched it a couple times and i remember watching it for the first time with someone and we were like two episodes in and they're like fuck this i don't want to watch this and i'm like you just have to make it through the first season and then it gets significantly better but then it also kind of goes downhill at the end. Like, I think the last one or two seasons are also just, like, they're grasping at straws. But there is golden fucking comedy in the center there for me. And so it is a great TV show, but it does have its drawbacks. And it's... Do I kind yeah. of agree with this one? A little, Like, no, that it is a great, but it's 
I don't know. Yeah. Like, no. Okay. I know. I love this the is, office, this is, but this is this is. It's funny that this is like the, the. There's definitely ones that are much more sensitive, and this is the one that we're treading the lightest on. Yeah. But like, I okay. I'm gonna come out and say I agree that it's been overhyped. I think when the American version got added to Netflix, a whole new group of people fell in love with the show, and because it, like the show's been on for like our whole high since school 2007. Because I watched yeah, it when like, it came out in two, no 2004, 2005, somewhere like that. It was like early because I remember I was in grade seven watching season three so it must have been like it was it was long it was long over when it got added to netflix which is i feel when the university crowd at least like our age university crowd really kind of like fell in love with it and it just spiraled into this thing where people weirdly started acting like it was the greatest thing to ever grace television and don't get me wrong I, for anyone listening, I love The Office. I think it's super funny. I've seen, I think I've watched it all twice. Like, I, the thing is, I think there's also TV shows that I've watched that are equally, if not more funny. Yeah. That have not received the same attention. And, like, it is what it is. It, like, it's great for the people that were on the show that it, like, got swept up in the, like, cultural phenomenon that it did become. But, like, it has felt like it's a bit much. And, like, it's to the point where, like, uh, going back to our dating app things, it is... (laughs) Like, people put things like, like, you're my type if you love The Office. And, like, I don't know that that's the core personality trait you should be looking yeah. for in a partner. Like, it's just, it became, like, people's default of, like, this show's funny. So I'm going to just, like, say this is my favorite show. And, like, I also don't dispute that there are people that it genuinely is your favorite show. But I just, I don't know. I just feel like it, it kind of got out of control a I, little bit. I already know. I already know the four messages I'm going to get being, like, are you fucked? <laughs> Are you guys fucked in the head when they hear that? But I, it's, I love it. I just I will clarify to go back. I've watched it all twice. I do genuinely love the show. It has nothing to do with me I think not I watched loving it The Office. Four times. I think it's super. Yeah, like I think yeah. it's super funny. It's more just that, like, if we're being realistic, it's not one of the greats. It's how beloved. Yeah. It, and I no, I think it is one of the greats. It's just it's one of the greats. Yeah, it isn't the great. Okay, that's you know? fair. Yeah. Okay. That's I that's like all that. I'm saying. Okay, here's another heated one for us. Concerts suck. That's false. Concerts are the best. I miss concerts, and I was supposed to go to a concert two weeks ago, and they canceled three hours before the concert, which was honestly rude. And it had nothing to do with COVID. It had to do with weather. <laughs> but I can see how they're not for everyone. If you feel like if you don't like crowds, if you don't like loud noises, like there's reasons that maybe it's not for everybody, and that's totally fine. But I don't know. Like when I was in high school, I had concert tickets one a month. I was always downtown. I, like, that was, like, that was, like, a part of my, like, who I was as a person was, like, I just always was at concerts. I was always going to live music, and, like, I haven't done that as much as, like, an adult as I used to, but, I yeah, concerts are great. There's just something about, like, live music and, like, you know, going home after a concert and just, like, I don't know, you're kind of in this weird, like... Vibe. Yeah. Yeah, like, vibe. You're in, like, a vibe. (laughs) I kind of agree i don't like big concerts i've been to like really really big ones and they fucking suck but it's the saving grace i love little ones i love smaller venues i love live music but i've been to you know a couple really large festivals and i was like this is absolute trash for me live music is about you know a connection and and that atmosphere and i find that when it's just too big they suck. They they don't do it for yeah. me, and I'm just like, okay, well. I would agree with that, but I think <laughs> festivals are kind of, like, a thing in and of themselves that are, like, to me, that's, like, a totally different 
concert experience but and then still like, similarly technically yes but then like if you're comparing that with like even like stadium shows to me if you're going to like the rogers center or like the scotia bank arena you're going because you're like looking for like a spectacle not just the music yeah okay anymore and like true like the true love of live music i agree happens in smaller venues where it feels more intimate and like you're one of few that are like getting to experience that and when it's like ed sheeran at the rogers center it's like it's still great but it's more of like a it's more of a spectacle like it's more of a big flashy show than music right okay Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's still music. I'm not saying Ed Sheeran's not music. Please don't come for me. I feel like I'm, like, very vulnerable in this episode. <laughs> I... I've seen Ed Sheeran twice. You'll be fine, Cam. No one's... <laughs> There's more, I think, that are going to uh, cause issues. But, uh... the, the Office? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Okay, next one. Pineapple belongs on pizza. It does. Don't fucking at me. Agreed. It certainly Agreed. does. You have to I, be... I hate people who are like, oh, pineapple is good. I'm sorry. Sweet Five? and salty is like literally the oldest, most beloved combination of all time. And I don't understand why pineapple on pizza makes people so angry because like it is literally M&M's and popcorn, pineapple on pizza, my my personal controversy, peanut butter and pickle. Yeah. <laughs> like that is... It's a combination that makes sense. I... Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Belongs on pizza. Yeah. Okay. There's not a single high-end brand that is not overrated. Mm, okay. Based on price point, I agree. High-end brands are collectively overrated in the sense that you're definitely paying for the logo. And the you're name, not yeah. paying for there is only a certain amount of quality that can be bought for price and after that the markup becomes like so obscene that you're paying for social status rather than quality and like i don't think there's anything wrong with that you just should be aware of what you're paying for if you're paying because it's iconic and it's you know you're paying for the the history of the fashion house that you're buying behind like i think that there's a lot of great reasons to buy high-end brands. I just think if you're saying like, oh, I'm buying these Gucci tights because of the quality, like they're no more quality. <laughs> than your drugstore. Sure. Than yeah. your drugstore tights. They've just got a Gucci logo on them. So like, I think it is important to be realistic about like what it is you're buying. The exceptions to that might be things like purses or maybe watches, but I don't know enough about See, either of I them I don't to think purses. Watches was, was the only thing on my list that, yeah, a watch, the mechanics, especially like spring-loaded watches, not battery run watches like those are those run like Tilo has a watch from his grandfather that the astronauts took to space it's called constellations um and I think it's an omega constellation is the is the type of watch and it literally will work in space because they they I don't even think it's spring-loaded it has some sort of crazy mechanical thing and somebody who works with watches and like builds every single watch like yeah you're paying for that expertise you're paying for that time and for the mechanics of it so yeah for the most part if it's clothing fuck yeah all of them are overrated they're all trash I'm looking at you Aritzia like will I still shop there yeah because I'm dumb yeah but that doesn't oh I wasn't even counting like yeah so there's definitely like those type of brands that are like or like a like... vehicle like shut up you can't even speed that like why buy such a fast car like I get it but I don't get it because it's a car is a car 
car at the end of the day and if you have a love for something then that's different but from like a practicality and whether it's not overrated yeah sorry yeah I mean I will also say on the topic of purses and like don't quote me on this because like I would have to look it up to verify but I'm pretty sure if you buy and we're talking not use the purse but like actually like buy the purse and like keep it in like pristine condition in its dust bag kind of thing those purses are actual like assets like a lot of those purses will go up in value if you're talking like true designer yeah because they become like retired versions yeah because they purses. only release so many and then they literally burn the remainder so that they can create yeah. this oh my god yeah, yeah. The, the sustainability yeah of don't even get me started fashion brands is like not a topic we can dive into today because yeah. it makes me so mad yeah no for sure <laughs> next one pugs are not cute yeah i agree they're gross and like poor little things, the result of so much overbreathing, overbreeding, and overbreathing that there. <laughs> I read somewhere that like it's estimated that there's a lot of pain associated with that kind of breathing and the kind of the how they have to um, work to breathe and stuff. And like yeah, just nah, nah. Yeah, I okay. I think they're not for me. They're not for me. <laughs> They're not for me in the sense that if I was getting a dog, it wouldn't be a pug. But I have a best friend with a pug, and he is very sweet. So I will say that they are, like, very, like, nice dogs. And It's not about nice. It's about cute, Kim. I don't know if you can answer that then, but... (laughs) (laughs) They're just not... They're not for me. Okay, They're, like, I don't dispute... Like, I I don't think pugs are, like, ugly dogs. I just don't... Uh, I do. They wouldn't be my Mm -hmm. dog of choice. But then people would say that about greyhounds which is my dog of choice yeah no one's gonna say that about dalmatian though because you know they're the best (laughs) okay next (laughs) tea is better than coffee agree i'd give up coffee before i'd give up tea yeah i think i agree too actually so coffee's great but i can't have three cups in a day the same way that i would of like tea even though tea is more caffeinated there's just like coffee is just over the top yeah it just coffee does something to me if i have two cups of coffee while i'm just like working by like 11 o'clock i'm kind of like seeing spots and like my hands are shaking (laughs) so like it's not i like a cup of coffee in the morning but i'm definitely someone who like if i didn't have my cup of coffee i would be completely fine like i don't rely on it see i like my one but yeah tea is better than coffee it is yeah yeah tea i definitely drink i'll drink probably like two or three teas a day yeah i'll drink one coffee yep no yeah on the money okay red onions are clearly purple (laughs) okay well parts of them are purple but the outermost layer that is dried skin is red and you wouldn't call like a green granny smith apple a white apple just because the flesh is white no you call it a fucking green apple so this one is garbage (laughs) they are red use your fucking logic use your mind mic drop i was just like i i mean i guess like (laughs) they're they're, i feel like they're closer to red than any other onion so maybe just again you like you said use your logic i feel like if someone said get me the red onion i would know even though yes technically maybe it's a little bit closer to purple but i still know the inside is the purple that's the apple yep yeah you don't call yeah i just i don't know again this goes back to the caller id thing i didn't realize people were heated about onions i feel like i feel like if you're if you're genuinely like getting upset about the identification of a 
onion color, then, like, maybe you need some outlets, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I think that can be applied to a lot of these. Like, if you really strongly yes. hold this opinion, then... I don't, the only one that I like hold is the Harry Potter one. That's it. Everything else I'm kind of like, nah, I can see your side. But with that one, yeah, whatever. Anyways, but that does wrap up this segment of the show. So now we're on to the last segment and it's time for the Philomath. Okay, so today's Philomath, we're going back in time a little bit. A little pre-story to the main segment. So in 2018, I competed in something called the three-minute thesis. So self-explanatory, you had three minutes to talk about your research in an interesting and impactful way. I begrudgingly came in second, even though the winner talked way too fast, but whatever. (laughs) But an honorable mention in that competition was really great. When you know, I was doing the research on this and reading some of what my followers said, you know, sometimes there was like really whack opinions but it really reminded me of what this student who was an honorable mention what they had said and she opened her talk by asking the audience that if your child was newly engaged and they brought home someone of a different racial background you were to raise your hand if you'd be upset or wouldn't welcome them obviously nobody raised their hand she then asked if your child was newly engaged to someone of a different political stance than you would you have a problem with that and people raised their hands And what she said was that 50 years ago, nobody gave a shit about politics, but people were a lot less accepting of different racial backgrounds. And so all of this kind of got me thinking, how does public opinion change? Why do we change our minds? Is this a generational thing or what? And now I found this article that answers like a smidgen of this question. So we are usually I like to do a philomath that's like has nothing to do with it until that very last line. But this has everything to do with the rest of the episode. I'm excited. Okay, so this is pulled from an article by Claudia Hammond called The Surprising Reason We Change Our Minds. So wherever you look at the moment, everything seems to be divided. No matter how much, you know, people will argue, nobody ever appears to change their mind. You know, whether it's at the dinner table or on social media, it can really seem as though people's opinions are fixed now more than ever. But good thing research now suggests that in fact we can let go of our opinions and that opposition can even turn into acceptance so for decades research on confirmation bias has shown that we are more likely to look out for notice and remember anything that confirms opinions we already hold so for example if you like drinking red wine you're more likely to remember the occasional studies which find a benefit from like red wine as an alcohol Mm -hmm. than the research on its risks so our brains are also faster at processing opinions we agree with for a while we have known that if you give people a list of factually incorrect sentences they take longer to find grammatical errors than if the statements are true so if the statement is soft soap are edible they'll take more time to spot the mistake in the grammar because the meaning is also inaccurate. So they don't even bother to like look for the mistakes. And the same thing happens with opinions. So researchers at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem recently gave people statements like, I believe the internet makes people more sociable, or I believe the internet makes people more isolated. Once again, participants had to judge whether the sentence was grammatically correct. They took longer to decide if they disagreed with the opinion. Without us even being aware of it, our opinions can override our automatic responses. And so all of this basically suggests that we hold our opinions dear. 
but it doesn't mean that those opinions are fixed forever. People are so much more fickle than you kind of assume. So we rationalize the things we feel stuck with. It's as though we free up our brain space to get on with our lives by deciding, okay, it's not so bad after all. And so one of these researchers links this to what is known as the psychological immune system. And so the next thing is one of these researchers looked at the views on Ontario's 2015 ban on smoking in parks and restaurant patios. She found that people didn't only change their opinions after the ban had been brought in, they actually changed what they remembered about their own behavior. Before, smokers told her team that they did about 15% of their smoking in these public places. Afterwards, they estimated that only about 8% of their smoking had taken place in these areas. So basically, they had adjusted their own memories, altering their judgments to convince themselves the band's effect, it wasn't so bad after all. So it's not that people simply become accustomed to a new situation. Instead, they actually change their thinking. It is as though they can't bear to continue to feel angry about something, so they subconsciously look for ways to convince themselves that it will be okay. And so the researchers don't believe that this is done deliberately. Instead, it's a way of freeing up cognitive resources to get on with life. There simply isn't time to be angry about everything. But when we can't change everything, making peace with the world might be an important part of our well-being. Interesting. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. That fits very well with our our episode. So, like, whoever's putting water on pizza, (laughs) just, like, maybe think about what you're holding on to. Yeah. (laughs) Why it's so... uh... Why is it so upsetting to you? Yeah. But it's just, like, the other thing is, you know, when you have public opinion and and you know the change in public opinion i was reading another article about as generations as one generation leaves the next one comes in and there's a bias right now because of social media so which voices are the loudest are many of the voices that are on socials and on tiktok on instagram whereas like older people don't have the same avenues to express that public opinion in the same way anymore and because you have younger people writing you know, newspaper articles and articles online. And, you know, most of us get our news from online sources now. Not many people watch the news or like the numbers for watching news have gone down significantly. Reading newspapers is like super low. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I thought that that was that was a good way. So, yeah, long walks on the beach at Kim and (laughs) (laughs) follow us on Instagram at Atwoods and Podcast. And what else is there, Kim? If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review if you feel so inclined. And otherwise, we'll see you in two weeks. Bye-bye now. Bye.